bags of goals for England, but should Sterling be in your double game week team? It's the 125th episode of the FPL Surgery. Welcome back, listeners. We're back after the blank game week for the double game week. So fixtures have gone from little to lots. A really exciting international break. Lots to ponder on the podcast this evening or this morning, whenever you're listening to it. Coming to you on the 26th of March, 2019. Welcoming back, the Iceman. Thank you, but it does seem like a long time ago that blank game week was, doesn't it? Heartbreaking, uh, yeah. Frustrating. Oh, mine was all right in the end. I was not too bad. Yeah, I was talking about my experience. Yeah, how, yours was yours? Awful. How, was, how was yours? Yeah, 47 of a minus 8. I brought in uh, the likes of Kepper and uh, Madison, so they were my highest scorers. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't too far off you then. We'll go through our teams in just a moment. Our guest for this week is an FPL veteran, another YouTube star. We've been very lucky with these of late. uh, Over 25,000 subscribers, a big voice in the community, a regular scoutcaster, six finishes in the top 25k in FPL. It's Andy from Let's Talk FPL. Welcome, Andy. Thanks very much. Thanks for uh, the invite. You're welcome, Andy. Yeah, great to have you on board, Andy. For just for those, I mean, most of our listeners will probably know of you, but just uh, tell the listeners a bit about yourself, how you got into FPL in the first place, you know, what's your story? Yeah, so I basically started posting a long time ago on Fantasy Football Scout, probably, well, ever since I've been playing FPL. Basically, I was just around there all the time and eventually invited me onto the podcast and it kind of just went from there, really. But yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I got invited to play FPL with a few schoolmates, um, it was straight onto Google for FPL tips. Um, and that's kind of how I got really into it because I was just pretty competitive and definitely didn't want to lose against uh, against your mates, which I think is how most people get into FPL. Yeah, I think uh, me and the Iceman can, uh, can share that experience. That's definitely how we got into it in the first place. Uh, and now it's become, it's taken over our lives, Iceman. It definitely has. And uh, I seem to be winning again this year. And of course, you've uh, you've you cancelled your holiday to America to make sure that you can be in prime position to finish as high as possible. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, sure. Dedication that is. Yeah, very very impressive. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, uh, Ice Man, the headlines for this week. It's a headlines pod. So should we even entertain the idea of picking single game week players? On a double game week, free hits. Interesting. Second question to Kane or not to Kane in game week 32, free hit. Is there really anyone to consider for captaincy outside of Man City this week? What is your city strategy? Other teams to focus on. I'm glad that fifth question was in there because I just felt like I was reading about City. So, <laughs> yeah, let's see what we, we think about that, chaps. First of all, let's see how we got on in our last blank game week. Before we uh, come to the surgeons, let's go to Andy. How did you get on? Yeah, de- definitely a less exciting week than I hope it will be this week. Um, I got 42 uh, after taking an eight-point hit, um, and basically that hit didn't let me any points. It basically broke even. Um, got Madison in, but also got Harry Maguire in. Oh, that's red- Yeah. I was pretty smug about it because I did it two minutes before the deadline um, and took out Schindler, who was supposed to have a, uh, a blank game, and then he wasn't in the squad, which I didn't even know about. I just took him out because he's rubbish. So I was pretty smug when I saw Maguire in and Schindler out, and then I watched the game and four minutes in, he was red-carded, so that was uh, a bit frustrating, that, that to be honest. That is really unlucky, isn't it? I had to laugh, to be honest. Like I know it's easy to get frustrated over these things, but I, I just thought the way it all happened, being smug and then four minutes in, <laughs> getting a kick in the teeth like that, it was uh, it was quite funny. 
But yeah, otherwise, the rest of the team kind of standard. Rondon, Madison, man, they did all right. Salah captain, unfortunately. Um, otherwise, it was it was a pretty pretty rubbish week where, all round. Where are you I think. overall at the moment? Uh, I am nine, just in, just outside nineteen k. Okay. So nineteen yeah, thousand. Nice. Aggressive again. Yeah, it's not too bad. Ice fan, we already know you had a pretty decent pretty decent game week in the forties. Yeah, uh, like I said, made a minus eight, brought in Madison Kepper and uh, oh Wilson as well, who blanked. 14 games without a goal and I bring in Madison in the right week. So the penalty save was uh, what brought me up in the rankings. I seem to have brought him in at the right time. I honestly thought that Chelsea's defensive stats were good. I was just hoping for a clean sheet. It was even better. I just got lucky there, really. I, I couldn't believe it because uh, I saw that your Kepper Hall of 11 and thought, how has he managed that? The guy's <laughs> not even kept a clean sheet, but somehow he's uh, played an absolute blinder. So yeah, great, great shout out. Yeah, that was just luck. Nothing's ever luck. It's always uh, always tactical. Give how'd, you, how'd you get on anyway? I had a lovely time. Um, no, I <laughs> ended up with... I got above the average and I actually jumped up quite a fair few places. So I got 36 oh, with a hit though. So not great. I was above the average today. Uh, my, my decent performers were Keane, Mane. Unfortunately, I went with the Salah captaincy over Mane. And really, those are my, uh, my main returners. So other than that, it was a sea of twos and ones. So not great, but I still moved up a little bit in the ranking. Right. So there we go. Um, right then, let's talk about our new Patreons. Uh, we've got none new, one new Patreon from this week. For any of you that don't know what uh, Patreon is, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. This is a page that you can donate in whatever quantity you would like to support the podcast. Uh, we put articles up on there. You can get involved in our Slack channel, which we think is a really um, excellent thing that people benefit from when they join. And yeah, it's, it's really helped to keep the pod going and also turning out prizes and giving back to you guys who support us. So thank you for all those who are following. Um, this week we've got Bard Nordley Nielsen. Sorry if I've butchered your name there again. He's joined at the Slack level, so it'd be good to uh, him. Good to see him in on the chat. Um, the, the Slack channel is thriving, isn't it, Iceman? Yeah, it's going pretty strong and continuous. Every single week I get this weekly email of how many messages we actually have in the Slack, and it seems to be increasing nearly every week. It's almost getting too much to handle, but great chat going on in there. I'll tell you what, it really has, has helped me form my free hit team. Excellent. Okay, so let's. Uh, so thanks for all of you who support us, and if you want to get involved, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. So let's get back to the FPL headlines and the top one, Andy, for you to ponder here. I know you've probably answered some of these of the work that you're doing already, but should we even entertain the idea of picking single game week players on a double game week free hit? So, so let, let's apply that to this coming game week. Yeah, so I'm basically someone, um, you know, as soon as a double game week comes around, I get pretty excited. And it's, I find it very, very hard to look away from um, the double game week fixtures, even if the yeah, player same. looks worse than same. the single game week player. Um, I find it pretty difficult. But I do think some people are making good points about Arsenal. Got Newcastle at home. It's not a bad fixture. Um, and there's a few people kind of worried that, um, you know, the likes of Leicester versus Bournemouth, the likes of Vardy and Wilson might come up with some points. I think if you're, if you're kind of looking at them because you're worried what they're going to do, it's probably not a good reason, but um, I can see maybe like defence, maybe like Kalasnach, maybe an Arsenal clean sheet there. Um, and if you're paying that kind of price, I don't know if there's um, someone around that price who's going to get a double clean sheet in the in the double game week. Um, but for me, I just I, I don't know what you guys think, but for me, a double game week is, you know, FPL is supposed to be about fun, even though we, we sometimes forget that uh, that fact. It can get a bit gruelling. But for me, I just find it very hard to look past double game week players, no yeah. matter who they are. It's I'd just have them more exciting, isn't it? Because <clears throat> you know you can get that that double haul, like you know, two hundred and 
two double digit hauls in one game week is just brilliant and even looking at the single game weeks for this particular game week I wouldn't go there at all I mean like, it's not like you've got Man City against Fulham then you think yes I've got to have that I've got to have Sterling I've got to have Aguero even if it was a double game week for, for other teams but Arsenal against Newcastle the more than likely big chance of them blanking there yeah you've got the Leicester and Bournemouth there's a big chance it can go either way so when you're looking at such a sway of uh, it just being like a 50-50, I feel like you just want to spread your chances more with the double game week. And I, I just don't think that anyone should go anywhere near the single game week players. It's just, I, there isn't any really good fixtures for me to be like, yeah, that's a definite. You know, Newcastle can hold Arsenal, and uh, at certain times Arsenal just don't even perform. So... Yeah, there's not really any fixtures for me where I would go. There's no better feeling than still having games left in the game week where you've got a live player and there's a chance, there's just a chance. Bit of hope. You can move up a little bit. That is a lovely feeling. So I agree with you too. I think, um, yeah, just elongate the process. Keep people live for the whole whole double game week. Yep, agreed. Okay, interesting. Glad you picked Arsenal there, though. That's that's a nice start. Um, okay, so uh, let's look at our second question. So, to Kane, well, not quite a question, rather. Uh, headline, to Kane or not to Kane in the game week 32 free hit. Stephen from Slack has simply asked Kane, yay or nay? Love that. Um, FPL Addict, uh, again from Slack, has asked, oh, that might be from Twitter, um, Kane plus Crystal Palace and Brighton defence or no Kane plus a strong defence? So let's maybe cover that one first. Uh, Andy? Yeah, sorry. So for um yeah, for Kane like uh, he's one of those players um which you know can like destroy you. You know he can hurt you if you don't own him. It's happened in the past. But I feel like this year um because I've not really owned him that much this year. So I feel like I can I've almost like just gotten away with it um, and I can get away with it again. Um and in a free hit I just I just think yes, he's going to play 180 minutes and that is a big plus. Because I think, you know, Man City Sterling's just played pretty much, I think he's played both games 90 minutes or close enough uh, for England. Um, so he could get rested in one. Kane, yeah, he's played both, but you, you pretty much know he's going to play. They don't really have someone that can play in his position, maybe Son, but he, he's away over the international break as well. So 180 minutes is a big plus. A new stadium, I, I don't know what you guys think about that. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because some people <clears throat> think that's a good thing and that he's going to want to score. And obviously he will. He wants to score in every game. And to be the, the first the first goal scorer in the Premier League would be great and he's going to shoot uh, on site I'm sure but at the same time it takes teams um, time to bet into these new stadiums they've not played there before you know at the end of the day it's Spurs first game it's going to be Palace's first game there as well they're almost on equal um, footing unless Spurs get some extra training there uh, ahead of time but for me it's just 12.5 million is a lot of money and I know there's a kind of classic FPL phrase of you know if you're not going to captain someone who's that much money then don't I don't think that necessarily applies so much in a free hit because it's just a one-off week so if you really think he's going to do something then um, don't panic too much about the captaincy but for me I, I just he I just takes up so much money in the squad um, where I want like the likes of Aguero and Sterling a hefty defense Pogba maybe uh, I just don't feel like I've got the money to burn on someone who's playing Liverpool. And that that's the biggest factor for me. Yeah. I always feel like it's one game for Kane. Yeah, it is really difficult. I mean, if you're looking at this at a single game week at a time situation, you're not going to bring him against Liverpool on their own. And even against Palace at home, would you bring him in? Like, if you've still got the other options of um, Aguero, maybe even Arsenal, would you br- still bring Kane in? I don't think you would. I know it's a double game week, and he could score... 
Yeah, he could score. He's averaging six points per game, which is pretty good. But are we confident he's going to get like about 12 points in two of those games? Maybe. He has got the 17 goals this season. He's, he's got the three in the last four, actually. But I think I do think it's funny how no one's looking at Spurs, no matter who they were playing. They get a double game week and then bam, everyone's on board the cane train. Mm. So it's a bit of a, a sudden thing, which is, it, it has turned my head and I have, I've wavered on this one quite a few times. I mean, it's really difficult to tell if they're going to play well at the new stadium. If I could squeeze Kane in, I would. But it's just, with those funds, I feel like they can be used elsewhere. I mean, first game at a new stadium, it's not exactly a, a massive thing, which is definitely going to mean points and goals, is it? I mean, if you look at the fact of West Ham, they moved into London Stadium. They had all sorts of problems. They had fans in different seats that were uh, at different seats at Upton Park. So that might affect the atmosphere. Normally, uh, an atmosphere at a new ground should be really good. But people forget that they started at Wembley as well and there was a Wembley effect they they weren't playing very well there they have managed to get round that and started winning recently but you know they had all kinds of excuses that were put forward for that I mean it doesn't seem obvious to me that Spurs will automatically be you know on fire playing at their new stadium there is a, a buzz around it there is a buzz around the Spurs fans which they they couldn't wait for this yeah. to happen but whether or not that's going to change came uh, into just a sudden goal, goal scoring machine. So, Andrew, you're trying to interrupt there. Yeah, I just want to come in there. I said, "Well, you're talking about uh, Kane still," because I think this um, might answer an entry abroad Slack question. So, a lot of talk about how to get Kane into teams for the double game weeks. But if you're not going to captain him, then uh, should you leave him out and use the funds elsewhere? I think Andy's kind of answered that to some extent. Surely, the best. Uh, captain, vice captain option this week is Sterling and uh, a Kun punt. Yeah, I the see. I, I don't see. I don't see Kane the captain thing coming into contention for me. I feel like if yeah. you think he's going to score well, then yes, I feel like you should bring him in, whether or not you're going to captain him. That's regardless. You know, you've got players which are going to score well. If if you don't think he's going to score well, then I'm assuming you're going for someone like Hazard, and it's not to say that you're going to captain Hazard. He's still quite expensive. I don't think the captaincy thing, that's irrelevant for me. I feel like it's just bring him in if you think he's going to score well. And I could probably see him getting, like, you know, two goals over this double game week. But whether or not that's enough, considering the money, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think, um, like, I know I kind of already mentioned it, but I mean, the value thing, I think, kind of comes into play over a long period, a longer period of time than just one game week. Like, if you can fit Kane in whilst getting all the other players that you want, um, without severely hurting your team. Now I've tried to do it. I, I, for what I, the team that I want, I don't feel like I can do it. But I've seen some people with teams they're happy with. At the end of the day, you can you can shove your, uh, your bench with like Connolly from Cardiff, three point eight million, and all these kind of players. So I don't think value comes into it as much necessarily in a uh, in double game week as it would over a longer period of time because the yeah. points I guess would even out a bit but yeah I, I just I just think he's, he's still too expensive for me because I, I want other players uh, so I guess maybe I'm contradicting myself a bit there yeah um, it, if you're it happy is with easy it, to, it's easy to contradict yourself on this one because I've gone back and forth with it if you look at the uh, the Palace you look at their record against Palace and it's a, a load of one nils isn't it only one nils so that was a kind of a factor and, and they're playing Liverpool but he did score against Liverpool last season I think so I looked at it can't go on. So yeah, I looked. I looked at Liverpool. I checked the their games this season. I, I hope I've got this right against the top six, and they've basically played eight games and they've conceded seven goals. 
So, yeah, he can score, of course. And if they win 1-0 or they score one goal, there's no reason it can't be him um, versus any other Spurs player in the team. But Liverpool just don't concede many goals in general. We all know this, which is why I, I find that game is almost a write-off. I just It could be Kane, it could be Son, it could be Ali, but they're probably not going to score any more than two goals against Liverpool, unless Liverpool have a really bad day. But it's really not happened that much this season. I know they conceded two to Burnley recently, but I think one of those goals, I think the first goal probably shouldn't have counted um, from what I recall. So I, I just don't see many goals in this game. I don't see many goals in most top six games. And if there are, it's very hard to predict where they're going to come from. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the first game is a write-off. Yeah. And if, you, if you're doing a free hit, you've got to have a certain amount of, free, uh, of big hitters. And he is definitely one of them. And he's one of those players which I just feel like I need to drop out of the big hitters. For example, I've got Sterling, Hazard, Pogba, Dilva, Aguero. You know, they're all big hitters I want to keep due to the fixtures as well. And because Kane's fixtures aren't amazing, if they were, then I would definitely be arguing it more. But they're not, so it is making me drop him instead of the others. Yeah, that's um, just uh, finishing off an entry abroad's question there. He put, P.S. Bully, be careful how you pronounce couldn't punt on the podcast and i think i might have left that hurdle so thank you for trying to trip me up there I appreciate oh, nice, that. Nice. <laughs> um mad hatter from slack has asked i know spurs have tough games but uh, he has a lofty ceiling and i don't see many alternatives in that bracket apart from maybe lukaku in brackets could be injured or piggy oink <laughs> so also mad hatter comments marmite peanut butter is now a thing it's a great time to be alive oh nice i suppose see those as uh, reasonable alternatives to to kane uh, yeah. yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah, I think. I think Lukaku, obviously, um, as in the brackets, it depends on whether he's injured or not. Um, I, do, I just think there's better fixtures there. Like, I don't, I don't want to keep repeating it about the Liverpool game, but the ceiling thing, yes, he does have a high ceiling game most weeks, but I feel like it's not there for Liverpool. So you're banking on them doing pretty well against Palace. Um, I don't know how much I really hold records um, to account. Like, to me, it's just another game this season. But Palace are not the worst defensively on their day under Hodgson so I don't think anyone can sit here and say Kane is not going to score um, I just don't know if the ceiling's necessarily that high I think Lukaku is playing two two teams in the FA Cup which uh, Watford and Wolves I'm sure we're going to talk about them more later um, who could potentially rest players and obviously Lukaku's been in pretty good form although Man United have had a couple of dodgy results recently and then Higuain I, personally I, I would have Higuain over Kane this week going, going back to contradict myself he's a bit cheaper and I just would bank on the fixtures this week even though I know Kane is obviously the better player, um, so at least these days. Um, I just think I would bank on those fixtures for Chelsea so much. Um, I'm a big fan of the fixtures bringing form. So, yeah, I think the tough fixtures really would put me off. I do think there is alternatives for less money. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, good choice of strikers there. I like the Higuain shout as well. Um, let's go to our third headline then. So, is there really anyone to consider for captaincy outside of Man City this week? And Alan Duffin of Slack. Uh, who would you recommend to captain in double game week 32? For me, it's between Radio Raheem and Aguero. Yeah, so Alan, if I'll come to you on that. You call him Alan? No, that was the slack, sorry. <coughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I was reading the uh, person's name out. He did the question. Sorry. Yeah, Andy. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. Man. Um, yeah, so captaincy, I, I do think it's difficult to look outside uh, Aguero and Stern this week just because Man City's fixtures are so good and you know what they can do to these easy teams. Um, I think my favourite probably outside of them is either a Man United player, someone like Lukaku maybe if he's fit. I think with Man United you've got to wait on injury news, not just for the players like Lukaku and Rashford you might want to put in, but also who else is fit because if everyone is fit in that United team then Lukaku might not even get into the team. 
Um, so that would make it pretty difficult. So obviously we've seen before the Rashford's played up front uh, with Martial and Lingard kind of oversight. So uh, we'll have to wait on injury news there. I, I think Hazard is probably my favourite out of everyone else. A few people captaining Kane. Obviously we've just spoken about him quite a lot. Um, but I just think Hazard with those fixtures, we saw him score a hat-trick against Cardiff already this season. He, he'd probably be my bet. I suppose if you really wanted to be different, then then Hazard could be the one. I think Aguero and Sterling, I'm kind of really siding with Aguero now. I, I don't know what you guys think about <clears> Sterling, but I just think the fact that he's not been rested, there's every chance he just plays one of those games. I'll probably still have him in. I just don't think I can trust him with a captaincy now. Although I would like to, to captain the midfielder instead. Are you guys thinking the same way, or are you, are you looking to Sterling? Oh, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely on the Aguero captaincy at the moment. Uh, ideally, if Sterling, if you knew he was going to start both games, I feel like it would be more of a discussion, but... Aguero's just got the stats for shooting. He's always up there. You, you know, he's going to start the next two. I mean, uh, there is a minutes debate, isn't there? Sterling, in the last five, he's had two sub appearances. Didn't start both games the last double game week, and Aguero did. And uh, after the international break last time, Aguero started both games. Sterling, after the international, Sterling started two out of the three after that. So... That was a bit worrying. Jesus and Sterling been away on international, like you said, and Aguero hasn't, so he gets the rest. Yeah, it is with Aguero on me. I mean, like, you can list all the stats in the world on these two, but they're just going to be going crazy, and everyone knows that Man City are the highest scoring, the highest for goals, shots, etc. And I think it's the, the opposition which really make you just not see past these two. I mean, Fulham, I'm going to list their stats. They conceded the most goals this season on 70. That's 13 ahead of second most. So they have the most shots conceded over the last four, over the last six, and a second to Burnley over the season. Most big chances conceded over the season and second most shots in the box over the last four, first over the last six, and top for the season. So, yeah, there's there's just ridiculous amounts of uh, stats you can list there and I've, I've also looked over the last 10 they've considered 2.7 goals per game so you get the point there really there's going to be goals in that game then Cardiff Bamba is out for the season stats their fourth most for shots in the box conceded over the season second most goals conceded behind Fulham and equal with Huddersfield conceded 27 goals against the top six this season averaging 3.3 seven goals per game so there are going to be goals here I just don't feel like there are any other options they're going to score big and if you want to go for a differential maybe you could but I almost feel like there's a there's a guarantee of goals here so you just have to pick one of these guys yeah I think like some people are looking at like Sané I've even seen Mares mentioned uh, maybe not as captains but as options as Man City I suppose once you've got them in you could consider them as captains I guess the, the problem is just like all season with Man City you're just not quite sure and Aguero just seems like you said the most sure to potentially get two stars he could still only get one but the most potential to get two and you know Mahrez could play both games and Sterling and Sané play one each but I don't know it's just it's just too tricky I think I think that's just trying to be too different like like I said Hazard would probably be the one outside of Man City that I quite like well I mean the thing is with that I, I saw a uh, tweet um expected goals over the last six Aguero's on 5.4 Hazard's on 1.84 
there's Kane, Lukaku and Sterling all ahead of him on that one. Even Rashford and Higuain and Pogba. So the debate on the Hazard thing can be ongoing. He is in my team. I just I just wouldn't captain him. I mean, Brighton and Cardiff both need points. I know Bam is out for the season. I just mentioned that. So they could provide a bit of a strong defence in some way. A bit like how Wolves did against uh, Chelsea recently. They just parked the bus from the start. Yeah, he will get starts in both games. We know that. And yeah, like you said, I, I think it was 33 points he scored in the reverse fixtures of Cardiff and Brighton. We got that hat-trick against Cardiff. Not really for me. I feel like I have to have him in my team based on the stats uh, against Cardiff and Brighton. And I can see some goals there. A lot of people are keeping Hazard just for the type of shield um, thing which people are going on about, just because he's going to be high-owned and uh, just to protect themselves. I I will go for him because I think he he's going to score something, but I don't think he's going to score a massive amount. Yeah, no, fair enough. I don't think I, I don't think I could argue too much against someone who doesn't want to captain Hazard this week. It's very hard to argue against Aguero or Sterling. I think yeah. the way it's gone. Nice, but we're we're still on uh, City chap. So headline four: What is your City strategy? It is a given if you're free hitting, you need three City players. So uh, Alan Duffin again has asked: free hit double game week thirty two. What combination? So Edison Laporte and Sterling, Edison Laporte and Aguero, Edison Sterling Aguero, Laporte Sterling Aguero, or a different option. So basically, pick three chaps. Iceman, you go first. I think it's one. a case of Sterling and Aguero master both in form and got all the stats possible and then it's just what your third choice is going to be and I want to come to you first here Andy before I list what I'm going to do because I'm intrigued what, what you're going to do on this one who are you going for are you going for defensive or three attack yeah currently I'm on Laporte Stern Laguerre which I think is probably you know if you if you want to call it the template that is the the way a lot of people are going I am kind of wavering on it a little bit though because I just feel it's Fulham, Fulham and Car- Fulham and Cardiff, yeah, um, and, and that is going to be goals, goals, goals. Yeah. So would I not just try and get a third attacker in to get some of those goals? I, I think, like I said, Sterling definitely going to have him because I just feel like I couldn't tell you any player that's going to start both games 100%. So I might as well go for the who I see the best one. But in someone like David Silva, maybe Bernardo Silva is someone who who might play both games, but. Um, it just doesn't strike me as someone that's necessarily going to get too many points for me. Whereas no, David his, Silva, his returns aren't exciting, are they, Bernardo? Yeah. Whereas David Silva, I, I, I mean, I, I must admit, I've not seen too much recently, but remember early in the season, he was getting in the box quite a lot, um, getting getting quite far forward, and especially if Fernandinho is back, I think that will really help. So I'm on Laporte right now because I think if he plays both games, there's a high chance that Ma- uh, Man City get two clean sheets. Uh, but I am tempted of kind of going for that big big scene and getting three of their attackers and just hoping there's not a couple of one or two nils yeah i've been drawn on this one as well like i've been very divided and yeah as, as mentioned earlier man city highs for goals shots etc the argument for for going triple c i mean it's something which was brought up in our slack channel bernardo's man had a great point saying their attack has more to do with the options from other teams at those positions i.e it's not as simple as saying which player you think will score more out of laporte or dilver slash bilver it's simply running out of a attackers slash mids we feel good about so there are three bites at 
the apple with the, the city attackers, given that they've got Fulham and Cardiff, you know, it's very appealing, isn't it? He was looking at the other options in terms of Delafeu, Jota, and you know, Lingard, Marshall, Pedro, William. You know, they're not great options, I suppose, if you've got the, the likes of Pogba, Sterling, and Hazard. There's not many other people you want to go for. And if you're looking at the defensive side, if you've got Aspilicueta, Rüdiger, Lindelof, Smallin, yeah, even the likes of Duffy, Wambasaka, and Schlupp, they could potentially match Laporte's points. So I feel like I would rather have David Silva than Laporte, but the argument to have Laporte is, you know, a good argument because he seems the safest option out of the defence and the mids. He's probably going to start both. He is their best centre-back and he is their only left-footed centre-back. So when he's fit, he plays nearly always. People were hoping for like the same returns as the last double game week where he got a goal and an assist. But he's only got the two goals and one assist over the entire season. A little element of luck there that that seemed to happen in that Double game week. Bernardo's man Noda brought that up in the Slack as well. I mean, you, you could go for the safest option in Edison. You know, City, they have got really good defensive stats. City, they've got the four cl- clean sheets in the last five. City's last four games, they've only conceded four shots in total. And in their last six, it's only 16. So that's only 2.6 shots per game. Second stat was Liverpool, 40 shots conceded in the last six. That's 6.6 shots per game, just to bring in perspective how well they're doing defensively. But then that's the 12 points. But listing all those stats I list earlier in terms of goals, I just see that David Silva's going to get involved. He's had the rest because he's not gone away on international duty. And I feel like he should be played at least about, what, 60 minutes each game? Yeah, definitely. And... The, the other problem with someone like Laporte in a Man City team is, I, I mean, attacker returns are great. I think they're pretty hard to predict in a in a single game week, or, you know, two games. I think yeah. mostly when you get an attacking defender in, you're just hoping for something over the course of maybe four or five weeks. Uh, but the other problem with Man City defenders as well, although I've not checked this, so I could be wrong, but <laughs> uh, because they play in a team that scores so many goals, I would imagine it's pretty hard to pick up bonus points. Um, yeah, so even if he gets point. two clean sheets, you know, if Guerra scores a couple of goals, that's him nailed for bonus. If if one of the midfielders gets uh, in 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 on the points as well, then he's going to get bonus too. And so if Laporte doesn't get any attacking returns, he'll find it hard to pick up bonus. So six and six, twelve points is is not to be sniffed at. But I, I just don't know how much more he's necessarily going to get. Obviously, if it comes down to it, there's only you know a one or two nil win for City, then then there's more much more chance. But it's going to be tough for him. But the the silver versus Laporte thing is interesting. I, I get what they're saying that you know, that, and I'm struggling as well to be honest to fit in a midfield four. But you don't necessarily have to play four in midfield. We, you could play four three three if you think Laporte's going to outscore Silver. You could just play four in the back. So if there's a, if there are those other defenders that are going to match Laporte, you can have them and him. You don't have to play yeah. four in midfield. So that's something to consider. I don't know if you guys are looking at three four three or some, or any other kind of formation this week um i have i I did look at the the four at the back with uh, laporte in there i mean because i looked at his points per match as well he's on Uh, 7.79 over the last 10 to silver's 5.17 but whether or not that counts for anything in terms of all those games i don't know i mean you look at the last double game weeks the defenders seem to have shone highest there laporte was the one of the highest scorers wasn't he so Maybe that will happen again, but I feel like you've just got to go with, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, there's, there's more 
options around that defensive area in terms of Chelsea defence and Man United defence etc that could just score the same points as Laporte and like you say there's not going to be there probably won't be bonus points because you you can almost guarantee goals in those games he's had four all season four bonus points who Laporte? yeah I just checked oh, wow. so yeah. not many at all yeah, exactly. So unless he gets a goal and assist, which he's only got the two goals yeah. and uh, one assist over the entire season, yeah, yeah, rare, isn't it? So yeah, I think we've answered Kenny McDowell's question there. Will Laporte be fit to play both games? Yeah, it should be. M- bitter and stout, uh, Mike Jeske. So Sterling versus Sane or Cheeky Mares punt? Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's... For me, there's just not enough um, certainty on, on necessarily any of them getting two games, I already said. So Sterling seems the best option there. I think Sané's minutes have really been reduced recently. Uh, and Mahrez has not been a sure start all season. So look, it could be Mahrez because uh, Sterling's had a good, good amount of minutes over the break. But I, I just think Sterling's on fire, has been all season and last season. Like His form just hasn't dropped for a long time. Yeah, um, so I, I, yeah I, I just... I. I couldn't even sit here and try and argue the other way if I wanted to. I just don't have anything that makes me think Sané is a good pick yeah, in, the in last, any way. Over the last two months, he's just fallen out of favour with Pep, hasn't he? And Sterling's just the, the go-to guy on the left. It's pretty much Sterling or Sané for starts on that side. Sterling plays the important games and Sané just plays the FA Cup or second leg of the Champions League. I mean, Bernardo is the one which also Pep seems to love. And ever since Sane fell out, Bernardo's been playing on the right. Yeah, he looks like he works really hard for the team. Pep loves that. So I feel like that's keeping out Sane as well. And uh, with him staying out on the right, it means less competition for more minutes for the likes of David Silva, KDB and Gundogan in the middle, because he was a middleman. Uh, you know, Pep may start Sane in the Premier League and Sterling in the Cup, though, so you've just got to be wary of that. Okay, so let's move on to our, our next question. Well, our next headline, rather. Other teams' players to focus on. So Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Palace, Tottenham, Watford and Wolves. So just a few comments on some of the main teams involved. Man United, they do not play on the following weekend, so should play a full team in both games, we predict. Chelsea, great fixtures. They're not in form. They can rotate as they have three games within eight days. Palace, they're in a relegation battle, so need the points, so we'd expect full teams in both games. Tottenham don't play the following weekend, although they, they play Man, uh, Man City rather on the Tuesday after, which could uh, create rotation. Watford are very likely to rotate in the midweek game and focus on the FA Cup, and the Wolves are in the same position as Watford. So we've got some individual questions, chaps, then on particular teams. So Chelsea at FPLJK. Uh, how many Chelsea assets and which are the best ones to have? Great fixtures but have been unreliable. Yeah, I, I, for me, um, it has to be three. Like, no questions. I've not even doubted yeah, that. Um, yeah, just, just with the fixtures they have, if you're on a free hit, double game week, apart from City, they got the next best fixtures. So I have to have three from them. Uh, my current three are Hazard plus two defensive assets. I, I probably won't go for Iguain because of the way I've got my team set up. Uh, but I don't think he's the worst punt this week, um, as long as you, as long as he's going to play both games, which I, I don't see why he wouldn't. Well, he'd just be worried about Giroud, wouldn't you? He? He's been scoring for yeah. France, so whether or not Sarri is going to suddenly change his mind about something. Big one's like I, I Sarri's boy, isn't he? I was told that he's, uh, he's the Europa League striker and they want to move back to France. Oh really? Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's well, that would do it. Yeah, it's unfortunate for him. Yeah, I mean, for me, Sarri, Sarri bought Iguain. He's kind of his boy, so I think um, I think there's a good chance he'll play both games. Um, and he's I don't know. He's been a bit lacklustre since he's come over, but 
against like a weaker team, obviously we saw what he did against Huddersfield. I think there's a couple of goals there. I just think the fixtures are there that if you wanted to take a bit of a punt, I wouldn't write Iguain off. But other than that, I, I don't I wouldn't go anywhere apart from Hazard because you, again, they rotate quite a bit. William and Pedro, um, you're just not sure who's going to get minutes. Pedro's been getting more minutes recently, but he doesn't really stay on much longer than 70-odd minutes. Um, and even then, he might not even play both games. So for me, because, because I want three, and I'm probably not going to go for Iguain, it has to be two defensive options. Um, and I've, I've, to be honest, I found, I've actually found it pretty hard um, to differentiate their defenders, like to have one that stands out. I've gone for Azpilicueta because I think he's probably the most likely to play both games. We know that David Luiz has got a bit of an injury, which doesn't let him necessarily play too many games in quick succession. Yeah. So he's a slight worry for me. Uh, and then Rudiger, I just don't think he offers that much more than Azpilicueta, maybe a bit of goal threat from corners and free kicks. And then I've gone for Kepa in goal, just because I want to I fill my team with three Chelsea players and I've got I've got other options in defence. So that's the kind of ones I've gone for. I, like I say, Iguain may be a bit of a pun. Defenders, I, I don't know if you... If you guys have got any stats or something to, to really make one of the defenders stand out, but I found it difficult myself. Yeah, I did have a look at it uh, briefly, but it, it was just take your pick. Um, I just think you need to go for the safest one, and I've gone for the safest ones like you have, Kepa and Azpilicueta and uh, Hazard, because their games are actually you know they're two days apart. They play on the Sunday, then they play directly on the Wednesday. So they've got a two-day rest. So, I mean, I know they're a bit spursy this season, Chelsea, and it kind of wasn't a very good feeling in the squad. I know they had their appeal turned down for the transfers in the summer. You look at the Everton game where they lost 2-0. They could have scored four in that in the first half of that, and then they just went to shit. I'm sure everyone has nearly forgotten about that because it's been so long. Like I say, you need the most nailed. Most nailed Asby, Hazard and Kepa. Uh, Chelsea... Can I, just, can I throw an extra name in here? Now, you're probably going to shoot me down. But with all the hype around him now, his performances for England, he may not start both, but hudson Adoy is 4.2 million. Um, he would be a massive punt, but I think he's going to get some game time and I would fancy him to start one of these. If you were looking to shift some funds around, maybe struggling, is he an option at all as an enabler? Yeah, he could be. He was in uh, he was in my team at one point, but I just felt like I needed one of the others in terms of Asperger, Hazard and Kepa, so it didn't quite work. You could almost have him first on your bench ready to come on if you want to go a different option with the Chelsea lot. But um yeah, I wouldn't necessarily have him for your starting eleven, but yeah, it could be it could be a good punt if you want to go for something different. Who knows, maybe Sarri's looked at the England performance and then thought, Yep, yeah, let's bring him in and um, start him. Yeah, I uh, I think I did, yeah, definitely not an option for me. I I'm, I'm quite a boring template per player, which I know people hate. Um, but I just mean, and I, I like a good punt. And when people put him forward, I, I enjoy listening to. It. But Hudson Odoi just feels like a waste of a Chelsea option. Um, like I said, they got the second best fixtures. You're going to want, I think you're going to want three players, maybe two. But like you've said, he's just not guaranteed minutes. And he did play really well for England. I thought he's still still a bit raw, probably a bit nervous. Um, but I, I just you just can't guarantee it. Like he's barely barely played any minutes for Chelsea, and you know they kept him on. They stopped him from going to Bayern, and even that didn't really get him any minutes. It did around the time the negotiations were happening, but ever since then he's, he's barely played. So I just I don't know. I, I like. I like the idea of it working. I just don't think it will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a reasonable argument against. Fair enough. Okay, let's look at our next one around Chelsea. Uh, I think we've answered this one really. So, Bard, our new um, Slack channel joiner, has a, our City United Chelsea defensive assets. 
Which do you go for in a free hit? Do you want to add to that at all, Iceman? Uh, well, just kind of coming back on Kepa. Over the last six game weeks, they are fourth best for attempts conceded and for shots in the box box conceded. So they they are doing pretty well. He's made a lot of saves recently as well. He's been racking up the save points. He's got ten saves in his last four, seventh highest, and just three starts. And like I say, he is the cheapest of the premium keepers as well. So. And Chelsea a third for clean sheets over the season. I do see them as good options there defensively. And like Andy said, Louise usually misses misses one match when they play like three in eight days. Rudiger's been benched in a league game once a season, and I think Louise twice. Also, just quickly going back to the uh, Higuain, I did have some stats on him. Seven chances created in the last four. 18 attempts is top for all players in the last four as well. So that was surprising for me. But I would be scared about that Giroud shout. And uh, Chelsea are actually highest for double game week teams for attempts on goal in the last six. So Man City just behind them and then Palace. So they they aren't looking terrible, even though there seems to be a a massive black cloud over them at the moment. Uh, Over the last four, they're top with 70 attempts. That's in front of Liverpool and Man City on 68 and 62, respectively. So, yeah, there, there is some hope there. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree on the on the going team. Some hope. I mean, in terms of like defensive assets from um, kind of United, Chelsea, City, I'm I don't I don't know if I'm massively um, in favour of kind of that Chelsea will definitely get two clean sheets and Man United that far behind. So I've actually kind of hedged my bets and got one from each, one from City, United, and Chelsea. I don't know if I want to double or triple up on any of them. Um, I mean, in terms of United defensive assets, um, I think there was obviously Babygate with Lindelof. Everyone oh, yeah. wondering. So glad when... that's over with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the post on Reddit was uh, impressive, but it was oh, kind of debunked a couple of days later when, when the kid arrived. Um, I think, um, like I kind of said earlier about chasing attacking returns, I think it's hard to predict. So if you're, if you're stuck for money, I think Lindelof from United is probably the best option at 5.1. I think there's... Still some doubts over whether Shaw, um, if he gets booked, will miss the second game. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever clarified that. Um, and then, yeah, and then maybe, right. yeah, so that he's a bit of a worry. I, think. I just don't see where you go. I don't think he offers enough attacking-wise to warrant going over the safer Lindelof pit. And I, I've got Smallin right now. I think he's 5.6 million. And if, it, if I had to bet on which one was going to score a goal out of him or Lindelof, I'd probably put my money on Smallin. Uh, but I don't think there's much in it. So if you're strapped for cash, I just think Lindelof is, is the one to go for. A few people looking at Ashley Young crosses the ball quite a lot um, on some set pieces as well I don't think there's too much of a worry about Dallow starting at right back um, he's played <clears> I think he's played minutes in the last three games but they've all been at right wing or, or right midfield um, so Young Young tends to play if he's fit so the thing is Young I watched him in the Arsenal he looked like he was blowing out of his ass. almost looks like he might not be able to keep up uh, they've only got two days rest as well United so I would be worried about that young shout. That's why I was uh, we were discussing it in the Slack again. Young and Smallin, I'd probably go Smallin like like you have. He's what point one cheaper as well, and he's got that goal threat. Centre backs don't normally get rotated either, so I would be scared of that Dallo maybe playing in one of those games because they do have Barcelona the week after, don't they? On the Wednesday. Yeah, I think um, the only thing I would say about Young, I suppose, is that. He's not played over the international breaks. So he has like quite a bit of rest, and then I think they've got a week rest until the after after the two Premier League games. I think there's another week rest then. Yeah. Um, so he has got a bit of time to rest. So I I, th- I think he'll play both. 
But I, you know, I would um, take your point this morning. He's definitely the safer pick. I think Young could be an interesting one. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one that comes away with the attacking return, especially on kind of set pieces and stuff like that. Mm, yeah, and corners. Yeah, definitely a decent option from uh, from United. So yeah, I, I've got one of each of these boys. Um, I, I, some people, I don't know if you have you looked at a double up United double up maybe in defence. I, I did have go... I did have De Gea and Lindelof at one point, but now I've just gone. I've got Lindelof in just because he's the cheaper option, and I'm hoping for you know two games from him. Considering he's, I think he's only been rested or benched twice this season. Uh, there's always that worry because the games are so close. But yeah, like you say, hopefully because they've got a week between the games and then a week between that Barcelona game and afterwards, it should it should be okay. Okay, so uh, in terms of Palace, another one to consider. So Shahil has asked discuss Gita. Um, Schlupp Milivojevic are all appealing make weights to go with all the heavy hitting double game weakers thoughts yeah they seem to be the cheaper options which people are looking at because they've got this Huddersfield game and there are <laughs> quite a few Palace players in my team at the moment how many have you got at the moment Andy uh, I've got one Ooh. Only one right now. You're not excited about the Palace players? And- you, I, I am a bit like I'm not um, I don't have Schlupp in my so the one I've got is Milivojevic right now um, so it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about I'm struggling to find a fourth midfielder. Um, and I've got to be honest, Milivojevic is probably the most boring pick anyone can have in their team this week because he's literally in there because you're hoping he's going to get a penalty. And that's if Zaha um, plays, then it really makes him more appealing, doesn't it? Yeah, Zaha and Townsend are the, are the two there that, that have won a lot of his penalties. So I, I'll be honest, I'm trying to find someone else to go for because I, I just, I, I don't know, it just doesn't seem right to me to, to play for those penalties. He's on set pieces as well, which could help. So he's in my team currently. Um, Schlupp is the other one, which I know a lot of people, um, there's kind of quite a bit of a bandwagon going for yeah, him, at least on position. social media stuff. Yeah, so I actually I actually looked at the defenders um, for one of the questions I answered on a video to, just to kind of see if, it, if he was, you know, a flash in the pan or whatever. And like in the four games that he started, he is ahead of everyone else um, across the board. Like penalty area touches, I think goal attempts as well. He was top, um, creating chances as well. So I, I kind of went into that question trying to find a reason not to get him. And I think the only reason is if you're worried that he might lose his place again because obviously he's not had a, a starting place for the whole the whole season. But Hodgson's kind of talked him up a bit recently. Um, so I actually kind of like him as a pick. I, I, I can't find anything to halt the bandwagon. I just don't have him in my team right now because. Um, like I said before, I've got the City United and Chelsea boys uh, in, a, in a back three. So those are the two I'm looking at. Batshuayi and Zaha, obviously, Zaha, like you said, depends on fitness. I kind of like them as options. I think the big the big boy there for me is uh, Doi Drop Imenez, um, who I've currently got. But I, I do, I saw someone actually point out, I don't know what you think, that a lot of people's thinking is because of the way the fixtures fall. So if it was Spurs first and Huddersfield second, hmm, yeah. people wouldn't be so into Palace. And that's and that's the reason they don't like Spurs, because they're playing Liverpool first. So I don't know what you think of that. But yeah, I think that Huddersfield fixture looks good. I, I don't know if there's much from the Spurs game necessary. But again, like we said earlier, it is the first game. They Being up for it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to play great football. They might... Um, you know they could be nervous and just maybe even too too up for that game yeah. where they make mistakes. So. And they've got a history of those one nil games uh, in the past. It might just be a boring one nil again. Yeah, and, and if they can stop that one goal from going, that's a boring nil nil. And if you've got Schlupp and he's done all right against Huddersfield, I, it could be a good pick. Like I said, I like him. I think uh, I've not got him right now, but every chance that happens before before the game goes on, Gu- uh, Guaita or, or Guitar, <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know how to pronounce <laughs> his name. The goalie, I 
I'd be a bit worried about him, I think, because we just, I don't know if I'd be 100% confident he's going to start. Yeah, Hennessy um, might be playing as well, won't he? So, exactly. One of the games. And then the only other player I've kind of looked at is um, Townsend. If you just want someone a little bit different to Milivojevic, less owned, um, he always likes a shot on goal. Um, He's highest and, for their attempts on goal in the last four of ten. Yeah, he, he loves the shot. Um, and like like we said just a minute ago, if Milivojevic is going to get a penalty, I would bank on it being him or Zaha that win it. So even if he's not getting the goal there, he could still get an assist. So yeah, I, th- I think Palace has got some nice options, nice fillers, to be mm, honest. Yeah, I definitely like the Schlock one out of position. Nine chances created in the last four, which is highest for defenders in the double game week teams. Hodgson did mention that he's been playing well as well. And he's also second for goals for defenders with four over the season, second to Duffy with five. Do you know, I've looked at one which a lot of people have not been looking at. Did look at Batshuayi, but... I just checked out his stats and I do want something appealing there, like high in stats to, to bring someone in like that. He's only got seven attempts in his last four, only three starts, and he's got an XG of 1.04 in his last six. He has got the two goals granted, but again, only one chance created. I know he scored for Belgium, but Zaha, I mean, like, if he's playing, I just feel like he's got the better stats, Zaha. It's just whether he's fit. He's got 13 attempts in the last six, only six chances created in the last four. Loves a dribble, looking to tear apart this Huddersfield back line. These are the games he loves. He loves playing against the weaker oppositions where he tends to thrive against these bad defensive. And Huddersfield, their fifth bottom four shots conceded over the last four as well. And they've also conceded six penalties this season, Huddersfield. So... I reckon your Millie shout could come in because Zaha loves a dribble and could probably get a penalty here. And Zaha's actually in my team currently. Whether or not he'll stay there, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Because I, I know uh, Palace have been doing well for stats over the last four in terms of shots. So they're behind, uh, just behind City actually. So yeah, they, they do excite me. I do currently have, um, I did have Tompkins because I just feel like he's due a goal, just random punt type of thing you know when you just put that player in just because you think oh that that might work but i have changed it to slap now yeah slapper slap I'm, I'm favoring as well i'm liking the run of assist that he went on recently um so we've got some questions about the wolves as well now chaps or watford and wolves rather so jeremiah from slack watford and wolves assets battling for seventh place worth the risk of fa cup rotation so are they likely to play in the doubles? And also Will Miners has put, um, I see Watford players not being rested, but Wolves players being rested. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I actually think this is a really tough one to to know either way, because on the one hand, and, and this probably is the bigger pool, I suppose, is the FA Cup. It's a chance to get into a final, and without trying to be disrespectful to these teams, it's probably going to be quite rare to get this chance um, year on year to get into a final. And obviously, you know, everyone's money is on City to win it, but in a one-off game, who knows what can happen. So they're definitely going to be focused on the FA Cup. I don't think there's anything, uh, any doubt about that. On the other hand, if City do win, which obviously these teams will be hoping doesn't happen, um, then seventh place gets a European uh, spot um, just because of how, you know, Man City won the League Cup and stuff. So I do wonder if they'll have a little bit of an eye on that um, and not want to lose that seventh place. Obviously, you know, they're not they're not likely to get into top six, but to get into Europe would be a pretty big achievement as well. So I, I kind of come around to the thinking that I'm not convinced there's going to be as much rest as we think there is. Um, there is three days between the, the two league games and then um, it's a five-day rest till, till the FA Cup. And there's also the argument that 
players kind of need match fitness and they need to just keep playing to keep the rhythm. So, you know, it's only, what, an eight or nine day rest, I suppose, between the first game and the FA Cup. So it's not the worst, but I think if, they, if the managers think they can get away with it, I think they might play play more of these players than rest. Now, do I have the confidence enough to put them in my team is a whole different story. Hmm. Uh, and I just don't know if, like, DFA I kind of like as an option. I know a few people touting him. Um, but would I put him in ahead of the other cheaper options who I think are definitely going to play twice? I don't know. The big one for me is Wolves because obviously Raul Jimenez has done so well this season. And if he gets minutes in both games, I just don't see why he wouldn't get more points, even in the Man United game. Um, we've obviously already seen Wolves do really well. So I honestly can't sit here and tell you either team is going to get rested more than the other one. I, I just, maybe Wolves have got a bit more strength and depth, but even up front, I mean, who are they going to play? Like someone like Traore? Up front, I mean, I, I don't know about him being anywhere near as good as, as playing Jimenez up front. What do you think about Jota? Yeah, see, the, he, he'd probably be my biggest worry for playing both games. Because I think, um, I, I mean, he's been back from injury now a little while. But I think he, he's already, from from memory, he's missed a few games recently or, or had reduced minutes. So I like him as an option. Um, and we're seeing what he can do now. I think he was probably out of all the, the promoted sides this season, the one that people were looking at. Um, and I think he's starting to show that. So if he's going to play twice, I like him as an option, especially at his price. I think it's really good. I, I'm just not confident enough they're definitely going to play, and I just don't know if it's worth the risk. What I they just, can produce. Yeah, I don't think they are. I mean, Wolves and Watford, you know, they, they should be concentrating on this FA Cup. Like you say, they're not probably going to get this chance again. The Wolves is playing the midweek against Man United, aren't they? So I can see them resting in the midweek, but I, I can probably see Watford starting their full team against United on the Saturday. Is it on the Saturday? Um, it's like a warm-up game for the semi-final for them. So they're probably going going to play their strongest squad and not saying they're going to get anything from the game but I feel like it will, they'll make it hard for United like like a warm-up game and then midweek against Fulham I feel like they'll, they'll be resting people because you know if you look at it that's probably the the smartest thing to do and if you if we're coming back to Wolves to Santo he does have that team very organized in what he does and I do think they're going to rotate, but I just think they'll rotate with players that will do a job, like, you know, Doherty, Johnny and Jimenez, you know, they, they can rotate their, them out and just get players to just go in and do, uh, you know, fit into that system because their system, which they played against Chelsea, I feel like they kept them at bay for the whole game. I feel like it was, it was just working really well. Yeah, they'll, they'll just have players coming in, doing a job and then just holding United off. So uh, they've got to be fully concentrated on this FA Cup. We've seen uh, DeSanto do it before. I just feel like he's going to do it again. Uh, Jimenez, he, he plays for Mexico and over the international break. Three games within a week in the FA Cup, the last game. So uh, I know the last time Jimenez only played less than 60 minutes he's on three occasions this season. I know he's banging form and excellent value. I'll just be... I'll just be wary of it. You know, he could just get completely benched for me. And I just wouldn't go near it. When there's too much risk and a shadow going over it, I wouldn't go near it. I can see the Delefeo shout because I think that he's going to start in that United game, but I just don't see him getting anything. It's in that Fulham game, which I'm not sure whether he will play or not. And for me, that's why I've kind of moved away from him because I was on him at one point. We did... um the only thing about Watford is, and again, this is all just guesswork. Um, they did play, I think it was Man City recently enough, where they, they played quite a changed team, and Deofeo and Dini yeah. didn't start. Yeah. And they kind of set, they obviously they ended up losing like 3 1, I think it was in the end. But um, for a long time in that game, they were set up pretty defensively and defending well. So 
you know, there's there's every chance that maybe they do that against United again, and then they play their team in Fulham with a view that you know they'll then be you know more match fit, more rhythm, or whatever for the FA Cup. Yeah. But it's just like we keep saying, it's just guesswork, and you know, not, none of us can sit here and and say either way really, which is the problem with with picking these players. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Alan Duffins asked another question: Holabas or Delafeu or Milivojevic? Quick fire question there. Milivojevic, boring. Milivojevic, Go for yeah. it. Penalty. Yeah. Uh, Bashawai or Dini? The Batman. Batman is. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm, I'd probably go Dini. You know? I'm, I'm such a stats man. That really does turn my head sometimes. I, I was on Bashawai for a while, but I don't know. I, I've always hated Dini, and maybe just a punt on him would be exciting. Okay, and uh, Alex Ball was asked Hazard versus Kane, Battle of the Big Hitters. Any preference? Thanks, gents. Ha- Hazard for me. Almost certainly. It is Hazard for me as well, but I've been torn and I've taken Hazard out at times. Yeah, he's got that XG of only 1.84 over the last six, whereas Kane had 3.59. Goal scoring odds as well, they, they were a bit different for me as well. Uh, Kane was on 36% for the Liverpool game. Hazard was on 47% for the first game. So, yeah, I, I have gone for Hazard. So, a long answer, uh, just short a little bit, Hazard. Okay, um, so let's look at our general questions. We've got one from Alex from Slack. Question, gents, if you're trying to make up ground, is it a good move to go hazardless and spread the cash? Thanks. I, I I think the sometimes people look for differentials. Uh, I don't want to say incorrectly, but I think it's a fallacy that you need to go super different to catch up. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, you know, yes, go hazardless if you don't think he's going to do anything. But if you think he's going to do well, then then purposely not going for him just to spread the cash and try and make up ground. It's just going to ultimately lose your ground. And some people will see that as a boring play. Um, but you know, with some ways, you just got to play not to lose. So if you think he's going to do well, don't don't spread the cash. If you don't then, yeah, fair enough. Uh, make it up elsewhere. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I feel like you should just go for the players which you think are going to do well and go with that. I saw, I think it was a tweet by um, Official FPL was just saying how many people have free hit so far. And if it was like, I think it was like 50,000. I think you retweeted it, actually, Andy. Was yeah, it? 78K, I think it was. Ah, 78K. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so 1.3% of total managers. I think it's probably going to be more like 30, 40% in the kind of top 10K. Yeah, I'm sure that will, it will uh, you know, that number will go a lot higher. But it is, you know, looking at that, if everyone's just picking the best team possible, wherever you are, I feel like you're, you're going to rise because not everyone's doing it. So just go with that. Okay. Another question from Slack. Is it worth bringing Orba in for Jimenez this week if you plan to do it in 33 anyways? I'm essentially bringing my transfer plan forward a week. So will Orba versus Newcastle at home outscore Jimenez in his two matches? That is from the hitman who is uh, used his free hit last week and has used his wild card as well. So uh, thoughts on that one, Andy? I would probably side with keeping Jimenez, I think. Uh, unless you're 100% sure he's not going to start both games and you're worried that maybe he starts the tougher one. Then yeah, I, I kind of get the thinking. But for me, you've already got the player with the double game week. There is a chance he plays twice. Uh, you know what could happen this week, which means you know potentially Aubameyang gets injured or something like that. Obviously, it's a you know kind of a long shot and not likely to happen, but it could do. So yeah, you've already got the double game week player. Personally, I would probably stick. Yeah, I would stick as well because you've always got that you know higher chance. Um, whereas I don't know, I can see Newcastle just holding us. They can do that against us. So, but yeah, Jimenez, you got that double chance. It would be a bold to- move though. It would be. Uh, I would go Jimenez. He would probably go Orba, actually. <laughs> I'm just 
So he's probably going to go over anyway. Okay, we've got Guy from the uh, is the FPL planner. Hi guys, I'm not free hitting. Have eleven outfield double game week players, but no double game week goalkeeper. AWB and Martial are flagged, and I have one free transfer. What would you recommend I do? Apropos transfer and hits. Looking forward to listening in my commute tomorrow. For me, I would I would get a, I would get a keeper in. I think with a free transfer, obviously wait for press conference news. But it sounds like Martial might be fit, um, and I would hazard a guess that Wan Bissaka will be too. Um, so if they both are, then yeah, I, I would use my free transfer to get a double game with keeper on. I think, especially if you've got. Um, uh, like a Chelsea spot free or something like that, enough cash for Kepa because they don't blank either. So something like that would be handy. Our new news did break from the United extra claiming that Rashford, Lukaku, Shaw, Matic, and Marshall will all be fit for this weekend. So yeah, yeah, that's I'll, what I was I'll yeah. go for the um, the one transfer for the keeper. Nice. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of all of our questions. So, the Iceman, it's time for you to take your allotted break. Thank you very much. Be right back. Lovely. Yeah, I'll do the same. Right, back from the break. Um, usually I do a summary, but I'm going to replace my time doing with uh, just a, a general any other thoughts question. Open floor. Open floor, yeah. So we haven't got to Pogba this episode yet, so I feel like we need to talk about him. And as you know, it's your team, Andy. I'll let you kick off. Yeah, so I've got him right now. Although I must admit, with have United. I'm, I don't know, I've just got slight doubts over kind of recent performances, but... I do think um, the kind of injury list is the key for him because I don't think it's necessary that Lukaku's come in and he's not been performing as well. More that um, Matic wasn't in the team, um, yeah. so he wasn't he wasn't being able to go forward as much. Uh, so Matic is still flagged. So obviously it's another thing to wait for um, from from Oli in the press conference. But yeah, if Matic is fit, I, I think I think I want Pogba because he's going to get a bit more license to go forward against these teams. Potentially, and I think um, Solskjaer even confirmed, or he confirmed himself, he's still on penalties, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Even though that might not be the best thing because the way he takes them. Um, but but like, do, he scored do you a few. Like that? Do you not like the old uh, taking a hundred steps? No, I mean the, the the way he used to do it is ridiculous. The way he does it now is less ridiculous, but still quite ridiculous. It's, it doesn't even look like a good. I think it puts him off more than more than anything else. He's got um, to continue doing it now, hasn't he? Because now he's started it's his thing. Trend, it's his thing, yeah. And the, the other thing with Man United is I don't I don't really know if we've got a better taker. Like Lukaku, I wouldn't want to give it to him. Rashford, Rashford maybe if he's on the yeah. pitch. Yeah, and Martial, but obviously Martial's been kind of in and out recently with injuries and stuff. So, yeah, so Pogba, I, I quite like him. And honestly, it's, it's almost a bit of a, um, um, like a, a template move because I think he's going to be highly owned. And we've seen uh, in this team when he does get a license to go forward, he can post those big... Those big hauls over and, and possibly do it over both games. So yeah, I've got him in for now. Uh, but nine million, it's it's not it's not cheap. Um, I just he's it's, it's almost like a default pick because I don't really there's no one really standing out. Yeah, there's like not much spoke, else, is there? Yeah, yeah. Like Spurs would come to mind, but um, they kind of fall in the Harry Kane bracket a bit for me. That I'm a bit worried about that Liverpool game, but they do cost less money, so they are easier to fit in. So maybe someone like Ali or 
or some potentially instead of Pod. But yeah, but I'm, I'm probably going to go with him. I think. How about you? Yeah, he he is in my team. Last week, I was set on removing him. I looked at the numbers and they were down with Lukaku playing. I listed him a few pods ago. He's just more of a safe pick. You know he's going to play. He should be on pens. So I do kind of want to keep him. And to be fair to him, in the last five, he's he's returned twice. And he's had some tough games where he hasn't been returning in terms of he's played against Arsenal and Liverpool where he didn't return. Also had the Southampton game, which was a bit random, missed, missed the penalty, so could have been different there. Yeah, he's returned in all the games before that, but he's just he's not looking the same Pogba at the moment. We fell in love with when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over, and I mean, like he is the highest point scorer since Ole was, uh, was appointed. So, I don't know, just a United there team, are- we feel like, there should be points there. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, I was just going to follow on from that. There are, um, I think, I think he's been quoted as basically saying that he'd like to play for Real Madrid one day, or that it should be a dream for like all players for Real Madrid. So, oh, really? yeah. yeah, so there's now that there. Now, whether that's true or not, I'm not sure, but it's another bit of unrest. And we've seen that from him before. Um, that may, maybe he's trying to push for a new deal or he's trying to get out of the club, but just it's just all coming at the wrong time. Like it was all um, kind of rainbows and sunshine. And now, you know, like a couple of dodgy uh, results, him suddenly going a little bit off form, maybe. Although, like I said, that could be because of Matic and Comis and now. And now he said this. So, yeah, I, I feel, it feels like a safe pick, like you say. Panic. Um, yeah, but li- a little bit of worry. Obviously. Yeah, Not panic yeah. just yet, but a little <laughs> bit of worry. No, I mean, like they have got some players coming back into fitness as well. So who knows? He may, uh, he may miss out a game. <laughs> They've only got the the two days rest. So uh, yeah, but like we, we've listed before, they have got a week after that. No, he's in my team. I mean, like if if I was looking elsewhere, then I did look at the alley and I wanted him to kind of prove something to me in these England games, and he didn't really do that for me. Uh, I was waiting for him because he, he's kind of just come back and he is kind of a big game player, Ali. But uh, I was wanting him to kind of perform a little bit more in these England games to show that he's he's got the goals coming or assists, etc. But no, it didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, a few people looking at him. I think just um, just trying to fill in those spots because they're kind of nicely priced for a lot of people's team structures. I think going for a Spurs mid is okay. Um, I still worry about the amount of goals that are available in that Liverpool game but if they're going to score obviously someone's going to get that goal so if you pick the right midfielder and then they can get something against Palace as well it could be a good option for kind of like what three or four million less than Kane yeah. uh, and like we've spoken about loads of times already not captain any of these players anyway so yeah I, I kind of like the punt I find it quite hard to to really pick one from the three kind of Ericsson, Son and Ali I mean I love Son as a player he's a way of international break as well um, and we know he's been. He needs a um, break. <laughs> yeah, he does need a break. But he didn't play in that Southampton game before the international break, so maybe that was. Well, he did play, sorry, but it was only like a substitution appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that was Pochettino's way of um, kind of giving him a little bit of a rest. Um, so he'd probably be my favourite one just because just because of how his performance. Yeah, price tag is it's a bit easy to fit in. Um, so yeah, not not completely against the Spurs midfielder. Um, but I do. I still worry a lot about that Liverpool game, and maybe I'm overblowing it. Maybe Spurs will get two or three goals in that, but I just, I just don't see it really. Mm, yeah. Okay. Any, any more for any more? Just one, one other player from Spurs while we're, while we're talking about them. Um, Ori, as far as I know, has picked up a knock. Um, so we'll have to oh, wait yeah. and see what the prognosis is on that. So maybe if you wanted a Spurs defender, and you know, you've obviously got safer centre back options, but maybe 
not too much uh, attacking potential. But Trippier, if he's going to play both games, um, obviously he's not played for England over over the break and on set pieces and stuff as well. Could be a nice little punt um, if you think they can keep uh, the goals down at Liverpool and then clean sheet against Palace maybe. So just a bit of an outside defensive punt, I think, there. Okay, uh, Iceman? We're going to quickly list Brighton, but you could just... They're kind of no one needs to hear about Brighton. Yeah, Duffy, Murray, you know, you want to go for a little punt maybe. Just to cover ourselves. <laughs> okay, um, let's have a look at what we're thinking in terms of teams then. So, free hit team reveal, shall we? Yeah, Andy, shoot again. <laughs> Let me go first all the time this pod. Yeah, if you don't like the template, I would switch off now and then come back in about two minutes. Um, <laughs> it's basically what my team is. So, Kappa in goal, um, and as for the Quetta in defence, already mentioned double Chelsea uh, defensive options and I've got Hazard in midfield uh, other defenders currently are Smalling and Laporte um, and then midfield three yeah so Hazard Sterling Pop, I think are in a lot of teams and then I've got Milivojevic which like I've said I'm kind of looking for an excuse to get rid of him because I just think that is the most boring um, pick um, that you can that you can probably go for this week and then up front Aguero of course he's going to be my captain uh, and then currently I've got Jimenez and, and Rashford. Um, still so Jimenez. Yeah, I've still got Jimenez. Um, I think there's a chance he might play both games. So I'm tempted to keep because he's been so good to me all season. Um, but I don't know. I, I might switch to a 4-4-2 or 3-5-2 yeah, and just drop the third um, uh, third striker. But yeah, basically waiting on Man United news at this point because if Rashford's not fit and Lukaku is, I'll try and fit him in. If they're both unfit, then they both go out. Um, so waiting on news. But I just think Rashford for his price, especially if Lukaku is out, is, is just too hard to turn down. So yeah, fairly template. But um, yeah, that's it. The big reveal right now. <laughs> All big, changed by Friday. Yeah, it could be changed. Yeah. Um, who's your first uh, sub? Um, right now I've got uh, Wan Bissaka, um, and then I've, I've just got two. I've got Connolly from Cardiff, who's not even going to play, and then Schneiderlin, uh, Everton, for just a four point two million midfielder. Again, he's not going to play. I'm not too concerned because if I was worried that someone's not going to play at least one of the games, they wouldn't be in my team. So I, I'm pretty confident I'm not going to have to use that bench. I'd feel quite unlucky if it happened. I mean, there is a case if you're looking for spare cash, you've got to look at the the spare defender spot costs 3.8 versus the spare striker is the Kwana option in 4.3, so it's where you're going to waste your money in terms of thinking of that if you're on your free hit. I'm settling on this a little bit more. Right, so I, I, I've got Kepper and Goal, same as you. So I've got Aspilicueta at the back as well. I've got Lindelof because uh, his wife's had the baby. Uh, I've got Schlupp at the back as well. So I've got three at the back. Then I've got strong midfield in terms of David Silva, Sterling, Hazard and Pogba. Then up front, I've got Aguero, Rashford and Zaha with Dendonka first on my subs bench. That is what I'm thinking at the moment. I do have a Kane draft, which I've been rooting over but I just I like this team more and I've tried to go for as many nailed options as I can hoping that Zaha's going to be fit and hoping that Rashford's going to be fit depending on that it could change I, I like that because um, the way I would look at it is you, you've got maybe like a core of seven or eight there in a lot of teams or you're covering the same teams or whatever it might be Lindelof is small and it's just small details um, I, I just think the other three spots are probably not going to hurt you. Like, if you've got Zaha and you haven't got Batshuayi, you haven't got Jimenez, you're probably not going to get hurt too much by that spot. If Zaha does really well and does win a couple of penalties and, and smashes Huddersfield, you've got a nice little differential. And the same with David Silva. I don't, I don't think those spots are necessarily going to hurt you. I don't think... 
people who've got different players in those spots necessarily going to mean you lose a load of rank. So yeah, I, I kind of like, like those punts. Mm. I've, I've tried to look at it as value as well. A value keeper in Kepa, uh, like you do as well. A value defender in Lindelof. Value midfielder, maybe that's, I don't know, Pogba or even David Silva. Uh, value in striker would be uh, Rashford. I feel like he's probably the best value there. So I've tried to get some value in there with some big hitters. Yeah, it looks good to me. Yeah, bully. Nice. Oh, you want to know mine? Yeah. Um, not too much different to what you've said. I've got a, a bit more of a presence of Wolves at the moment, just because I'm looking where I can maybe do something a little bit differential. So I'm interested in Jimenez and Yotta, but I'll probably change one of those out uh, last minute. I have gone with Hazard. Aguero is my big striker. Um, my, my City three is going to be Edison, uh, Sterling and, and Kun. Um, so that it, but it will probably uh, chop and change with the others in combination before the weekend. Yeah, fair. So you've gone. Are you, who's your captain? You've gone for Aguero. Sterling, Sterling at the moment. Oh, you going for Sterling? Yeah. Yeah, man well, in could, form. Could pay off massively, if not knackered. But yeah, man in form. Right, let's talk about the FPL surgery top ten. So in tenth place, we've got the Chronicles of Ruddock. Uh, with Hogsrad in ninth, we've got CJ still there with Sport in Milwaukee. At eighth place, we've got uh, Henry, Dunking Donuts, seventh, Allen, T Club 64. Uh, previous guest, Will Minus, is in sixth. Paul Jones, Sky Player in FPL, is in fifth. Adida Oscar, Nate Thomas, is fourth. The Gunnarsons, Callon Huey, Huey, uh, said that wrong, uh, is in third. Fuller Flair, Richard Jenkins, is joint second, and he's still trying to give up Fanta. Michael Taylor is having a wonderful season in first. And I'm in 13th. Yeah, so going back up. Didn't get to read your name up, but good man. Keep chasing it, nice man. Keep chasing it. Um, okay, so no sexy thoughts this week. Um, well, I do think we actually... He did send it through. Hold on, I will play it now. Hold on. Uh, on. FBL Sexy with Sexy Thoughts. This week's Sexy Thoughts goes out to everyone affected by the massacre in Christchurch. Absolutely disgusting. It's good to see the positives out of the negatives, though. On social media, there's been a lot of people supporting and showing encouragement for the Muslim faith. I think that's a great thing. I used to live in Sydney, and it's a mixing pot of cultures. It was great. It was the best thing ever. Different times of the year, you have different celebrations, different festivals on. You get to enjoy the different music, different food. I mean, is there anything better than a Lebanese pizza, a laham? <laughs> there's not. Oh, damn, it's so good. I think it's great. Get out there and support different cultures. You know, talk to someone that's Muslim. Ask them questions. It's great. You learn so much. And you also learn how close a lot of the religions are. So get out there and support each other. Show love, not hate. Yeah! And go Leeds! <laughs> nice. Love that. I do love the fact that he, he brought the uh, the race um, and you know getting together and uh, sharing it just because uh, Raheem Sterling's had a lot of stick in the Montenegro game and obviously that's been brought to the fore now and uh, you know everyone who's listens to this pod I hope is against racism in every way and try and embrace everyone that's around you another great message from Brett there appreciate that once more Okay, so the feedback box and sort of uh, questions is a mixed one. So the final one is, uh, this is aimed at, uh, not so much at us, but this is one aimed at Andy, I think. And this is coming from Amigo Don, uh, the Marple Curse. Uh, Favourite place for a pint in Galway? Yeah, it ha- has to be the Oslo would be my my favourite place for a pint. Uh, not in town, so you don't get all the massive crowds, but 
close to, close to the beach, um, usually a good crowd, and nothing but good beer in that place. One so for the Irish, def- that one. Definitely. One for the Irish. Right, yeah, appreciate the question. So, chaps, um, that's bring, bringing us to the end of another FPL surgery. Let me just tell you how you can get in contact. Uh, please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at FPL surgery. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, as I've just said, Reddit. Uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes as per usual. Uh, info at fplsurgery.com if you would like to email us. And we've got a website, uh, which is fplsurgery.com. Uh, if you want to join our mini league, you can do so at 225-369. I want to thank our guest for joining us once more. So thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. And just as a reminder to the listeners, where can they follow your channel? Uh, just just search Let's Talk FPL on YouTube uh, and it's Let's Talk underscore FPL on Twitter. Right. Someone has my handle. Bastards. <laughs> um, no, it's been great having you on. Brilliant contribution and uh, people will learn a lot from that. Um, Iceman, any final words of wisdom? Uh, never any wisdom from me. No wisdom, just for us to say, let's get it right for this double game week. It's the final running of the season. Good luck in the game weeks. Good luck in the game weeks. Help the pod. Help the pod. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, I mean, I'm, I'm someone that once double game, game week comes, I kind of get, um, like, you know, head a uh, headlamp, like, okay, definitely cut that. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, what's it like in the head- headlines? Headline deal lamps. I'm not even going to say that. Let me just start that again. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you've, you've, hold on, I've watched you so many times on the stream, but I don't think you've ever done that. I get, I get nervous, man, on podcasts. Honestly, I do nah, too many videos in one take. It's ridiculous. You're good. Okay.